Bibles um, to Romans chapter 12, the book of Romans chapter 12. If you need a Bible, there are red ones provided for you uh, on the row you're in. And Romans 12, if you need a page number, is on uh, 1035. 1035. Before we jump into the sermon, want to um, take a, a couple of minutes and first off, I want to introduce uh, the next series, the series that will start next Sunday uh, is actually our, our series during the season of Lent. Lent is this period in the church year that leads up to Easter, the celebration of Resurrection Sunday. And Resurrection Sunday is on April 1st, April Fool's Day. So we're actually starting a series on April 1st called The Foolishness of the Cross. See what we did there, right? Uh, it was actually Jim's idea. He's our campus pastor, McPherson. He's so punny like that. So, um, And so... Uh, but next Sunday, we're starting a series on Jonah, and Jonah is going to be, um, we're just going to sort of dive into the story of Jonah and, uh, and be there all through, from next week, all through the month of March, and so really excited about um, where God is going to take us over the next few weeks. Um, and also, we have an exciting update on our discipleship pastor search. Some of you uh, know, hopefully all of you if you've been around the church, but I'm guessing some have forgotten that we have been in the search for a discipleship pastor. And this is a half-time position, uh, somebody who would give their, their time to helping us move forward in this vision of being disciples who make disciples, somebody who would um, help us like learn these rhythms of blessing and eating with others, listening to the Spirit, learning Jesus, and being sent, like we've been talking about the last five weeks with this Bell series. And so uh, this search has been going on for a couple of years and have interviewed people and uh, have just kind of been in this season of waiting where uh, things just haven't felt right. Um, but we're really excited that this morning we actually um, believe, and the elders and the search team have done some discernment to say we, we actually feel like somebody's being called into that position, and it's actually one of our own. Um, it's our youth pastor, Jesse Blaisdale. And, uh, and Jesse, um, I'm going to invite him to come up here in just a minute and chat a little bit. Uh, Jesse works full-time right now uh, in the church, in ministry. Uh, all of his time is in youth ministry. He gives about half of his time to youth ministry at all three campuses. So overseeing youth ministry at McPherson, Yoder, and here at South Hutch. And the other half is just specifically here at the South Hutch campus. Does that make sense? So he's kind of like in two, two different worlds <clears throat> right now related to youth ministry. So this discipleship pastor position is half-time, and he will sort of just slide over one step, and he'll give his time, half of his time, to the discipleship pastor position, and half of his time, one foot, will still stay in youth ministry, giving oversight to the sort of overall youth ministry at all three campuses. So does that make sense? So he's staying full-time, half in discipleship, half in youth ministry at all three campuses. But what that does do is it opens up a half-time position in student ministries here at South Hutch specifically. So um, please pray about that. There's, there's going to be a, a search team that's put together uh, to be able to say, okay, who, who might God be nudging to step into that position? Jesse won't slide over and start this role as discipleship pastor until this person is in place and sort of up to speed. We don't want to leave that as a sort of a vacancy there. Um, I want to make sure uh, students are, are, are cared for and parents and all of that. And so please pray that God would bring that person within the next two weeks. Um, that's, that's all. So no, just a quick request. Um, but seriously, in all seriousness, would love, would love your prayers. We're kind of excited about this. So Jesse, I'd uh, love to have you just come and share a little bit 
you can just snag this. And uh, yeah, turn it over to you. Good morning. Um, yeah. Uh, part of, I, I was on sabbatical at the end of last summer and into the fall. Um, and as I just, one of the gifts of sabbatical of time away is just time to sit and listen um, to, to be with God, um, to talk to people I trust and who know me. Um, and and uh, just one of the repeated themes as I, as I prayed with God and as, uh, as, as a couple people talked with me um, was this, this thing of God calling some new things out of me, um, new gifts and uh, new places. And so, um, and even as I came back in the fall, um, yeah, somebody was praying for me and handed me a, a piece of paper and said, uh, the word I hear as I pray for you is shift. Um, and, and so I've, I just kind of entered back into, into my job with this idea of like, God, I want to be open to whatever that might mean. Um, and talked with Eric and Howard, and, and, and this seems to be where, where God has led. Um, adults, I'm really excited um, and terrified. Um, some things, though, like when I'm with adults... There's not enough pizza and there's not enough dodgeball, and I know how to fix that. So get pumped about adult gatherings. Um, um, no, I, I'm excited to, to, to try new things, to do new things. I'm really grateful for a church that um, um, has leadership and people that are willing to allow me to try new things and do new things. Um, yeah, but I would ask you to, to I would echo Eric's, Eric's request that pray for whoever it is that's going to be stepping into this halftime role. Um, I'm excited about what that means for youth ministry. Um, Cause like I'm a youth ministry parent as well as a youth pastor these days. And so um, I think it'd be awesome to have somebody else involved in youth ministry at this campus. Um, and, and I would ask that you pray for me as we figure out what it means as I transition and what this new, new position entails. So um, I want us to pray right now for the, for the, the person that's going to fill that youth ministry position. So, um, and so, <laughs> Jesse likes hugs a lot. Lots of hugs. Um, yeah. So I just maybe in, invite you all to, to pray with me. Um, God, this morning, um, God, you um, are at work in this place and in our lives and in our community, and I am thankful for that. God, and it is easy to think that, um, that, that we lack things or that there is not enough for how will things happen. God, and so this morning I recognize that you are the creator, um, that you have an abundance of everything we need, and that you give um, good gifts generously to us. And so, God, we, just, we pray for this, this person um, who's going to step into youth ministry um, as part of the journey staff in the coming uh, weeks and months. And um, God, we pray that you would be preparing their heart, um, that you would be giving them a, a passion and excitement um, for this job. God, I pray for the, the people that will be a part of the discernment team, uh, that you will give them wisdom and a, and a clear vision uh, for what it looks like. Um, God, uh, we desire to see your kingdom come and your will be done um, in Reno County as it is in heaven. And so, uh, we ask that you would be about that work in, in this process. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And if you have questions, you can ask me. You can talk to Eric. It's, there's no, like, secrets about anything. So if you're like, wait, I don't understand, just ask, and we'll answer as best we can. So.
Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you all. Um, let's dive into uh, the fuel sermon for this morning. That's a, the title of this morning's teaching is just a uh, kind of a one Sunday standalone teaching. You have an insert in your bulletin that looks like this, uh, has fuel at the top of it. And uh, there's actually, we don't do fill in the blanks very often, but there's actually a throwback fill in the blank uh, piece on there. So excited to know what that is. I'm sure you are uh, waiting with bated breath. So let's take a look at Romans chapter 12. Um, start in verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, well then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then um, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So, um, I don't know what it is that like, sort of fuels you in the morning. Like, do you, I, I'm guessing there are some of you that uh, you wake up in the morning and you don't even need the alarm clock. Like, you wake up five minutes before the alarm clock, and you hit the ground running, and you're out the door. Like, you don't need, you know, anything to kind of fuel you for the day. Uh, I just need to say, God bless you. I don't understand you people. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad that's who you are. That is not me. Uh, so I'm guessing some of you are a little more like me. Like, you hit the snooze until the very last second. Um, and then you kind of stumble out of bed. And then for me, like the thing that fuels my day is like, I've just kind of built this routine that it's not until I smell coffee, like stumble my way and start making some coffee and you smell coffee. And like, you know, it's, it's the whole, it's not just the caffeine and the coffee. It's the whole neural pathway that's built up. That's just like, ah, the smell and the, the warm mug in your hand and, and the taste and all of that. It's like, ah, I'm ready to go. My day's ready to go. What is it for you? What is it that fuels your body, that gets you going for the day? Uh, maybe some of us, it's coffee, caffeine, chocolate, some cocoa crispies in the morning will get you going, um, and then have you crash in about two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, maybe for some, it's, it's music, like you just, you need some music in the morning, or for some, it's exercise, like you just need to get up and, and get, get moving. So our bodies need this kind of this fuel to get us moving. And in the church, which is called the body of Christ, we need fuel too. So we think about the body of Christ. The thing that fuels the body of Christ is not caffeine or chocolate or music or any of those things. It's grace. Grace is the fuel of the church. Um, and this is what Paul is talking about here in this passage and other places throughout the New Testament, that grace is the fuel of the church and it is dispensed through people using their gifts to serve and bless others. That's kind of the big idea for the day. Grace is the fuel of the church and it's dispensed through God's people using their gifts to serve and bless others. So um, Dallas Willard says this, uh, this is... Um, the, the sinner is not the one who uses a lot of grace. The saint, and, and let's pause there for a second. The word saint, he's using the same way the New Testament uses the word saint. 
Um, it doesn't mean like those who have been sort of venerated by the Catholic Church, like St. Augustine and all of those people, uh, those like special people. When the New Testament uses the word saint, it's the same disciples, ordinary people just like us. So it's not a sinner who is the one who uses a lot of grace. The disciple uses more grace. The disciple burns grace like a 747 burns fuel on takeoff because everything they do is a manifestation of God's grace. So grace is the fuel of the church. And so we think about that. Like, think of yourself as a 747, like, getting ready to take off. Your life in Christ is being fueled by grace. Everything you do. And so sometimes we think about grace as just um, that, uh, we think that grace is that thing that saves us. And which is true. Like Ephesians uh, 2, you know, uh, for you have been saved by grace through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And so grace saves us. It's absolutely true. It's God's grace poured out on us that turns us around, that redeems us, and saves us from our sins. But grace doesn't stop there. It, it isn't just the thing that saves us. According to the New Testament, grace also empowers us for ministry, for mission. Grace saves us from our sins, but grace empowers us for mission. And if we only think about grace, is that, I don't know, only sinners need grace to, to sort of turn around and be born again, we're missing it. Uh, because grace is the fuel for our lives in Christ. God continues to flood us with grace, and it is the thing that enables us to, to be a part of God's kingdom and to do the things he's asked us to do. So this is why it makes sense then for Paul. Like, check out verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you. Paul's saying, I'm just like, I'm swimming in grace. God's pouring out his grace on me. And so it's it's this empowering grace that allows me to say what it is I'm saying to you. Uh, The word grace is is a beautiful word. It's it's the word gift. It's gift. So you think about, every time you read grace in the New Testament, it's just the word gift. And so as disciples of Jesus, we start by affirming that everything is a gift. Life is a gift. The reason we're in the kingdom of God is a gift that God has graciously poured out his gifts on us and has invited us into a relationship with himself. So it's all a gift. This is the starting point. Um, How many of you know that there are two ways of motivating people? Like let's say, um, take take a look at verse 1. Uh, of chapter 12. Go back a couple of verses. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. So Paul's trying to like motivate the church to kind of get moving. And here's what he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, and how would you finish the sentence? If you were trying to urge somebody to do something, what would you say next? Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, get your rear end in gear. Move! Like this thing needs to be done! So do it! If it's, it's, you know, it's, um, what's a phrase? It's like, if it's up to you, it's, I don't know, something like that. Um, we would, you know what I mean. So we, uh, we would tend to urge people with like, with, by pushing them, by like coming behind somebody and sort of give them a push in the back and to say like, this thing needs to be done. You should do it. And that's how we urge people, is by pushing. That's one way of motivating people. Does it generally work? How many of you like to be pushed? You like a good shove in the back to sort of get moving. Um, we tend, what do we tend to do to that? We dig our heels in. 
or we do it, but we do it grudgingly, right? We don't, nobody likes that, that sort of motivation that's being pushed, and, and we feel shame, and we feel guilt, and those are the motivators that move us. But that's not how God motivates us. That's not how Paul finishes the sentence. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Paul isn't pushing us. He's pulling us. He's drawing us into the kingdom work. He's not motivating us with guilt and shame, saying you should do more, like you should be more, you should be better. Um, That's not the message. The message is you're included. Take a look at God's mercy, that it is all a gift. And when you recognize that, then you just get invited to respond. You just get invited to live out of what God is already doing. Does that make sense? How many of you know there's a difference between pushing and pulling? So, so let's, let's, let's draw people into the kingdom, not pushing them from behind. And the whole Bible does this. Um, you, you say like, Eric, no, 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 that's just like the New Testament. I, I, I get that in the New Testament, but, but the Old Testament is like heavy and it's law and it's legalism. What's this not true? Uh, think about the Ten Commandments for a second. Uh, the Ten Commandments, like, right, that's like the pinnacle of like, thou shalt not. I mean, that's pushing if there ever was something that was pushing. But it's not true. Uh, in Exodus chapter 20 is the chapter where we get the Ten Commandments. And do you know the first thing spoken in Exodus 20? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. It's grace. Don't forget, hey, I'm the God who saved you. I'm the God who heard your cries when you were drowning in, in sin and slavery. I'm the God who moved toward you and who rescued and redeemed you and brought you to myself. I'm that God. Therefore, don't have any other gods before me. Therefore, all of the commandments flow out of this mercy and grace that God has poured out. So everything is a gift. This is our starting point in the church, and it draws us, it invites us into involvement in the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Somebody nod your head if you're awake. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Carly. Um, Just me and you, just me and you here this morning. So then Paul says, okay, so if... uh, if we view this as all a gift, then he says, so don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Don't, like, don't, don't buy into this game that you, to, in order to feel good about yourself, you need to like build your self-esteem. Like you need, you need to sort of prop yourself up and to achieve, and the higher you, you rise, the more sort of fulfillment you'll have. Don't buy into that. Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Uh, Finish this sentence for me, if you would. Hey, honey, when you grow up, you can be anything you want to be, right? Uh, How many of you have said that to your kids, your grandkids? I've said it. Anybody else? In the most loving way, I can't, like, we've been lying to our kids. It's a lie! You can't be anything you want to be. Like, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a fish. Um, like, in all seriousness. Like, I remember, like, <laughs> there's a movie with Kevin Costner called Waterworld where he, like, grows gills and he, like, mutates. And I kept thinking, like, that would be awesome. Like, if maybe, like, our friend who had a pool is, like, if I spend enough time in the pool, like, maybe we go to the lake all the time. If I just sort of, like, am around water, like, you keep checking the mirror to see if you're growing gills. Oh, how cool would that be? I can't be a fish. So, like, you can be anything you want to be. No, no, you really can't. And, like, we, we tell with the best of intentions. 
Like we tell our kids, like, you can, you can do it. But the truth is you can't. Like, you can't. like there's not a person in this room who could be a middle linebacker in the NFL. Have you ever seen a middle linebacker in the NFL? They're not built like any one of us here, right? They're not. And so we have limitations. You could say, Eric, like, you can do it. You could be a nuclear physicist. No, I'm not. I couldn't. I'm not that smart. Like, in all honesty, there are just certain things. If it was true, this is what one writer said, if it was true that you could be anything you want to be, there would be a whole lot more astronauts than janitors. Right? I mean, we just, because like, oh, yeah, that's why I want to reach for the stars. So, like, we, we, I think we do our kids a disservice when we say, man, just be anything you want to be. But what if we told kids, what if we told them, you know what you can be? Honey, when you grow up, you can be included in God's family. You can be included in God's family, this family, the church, that extends forward and backward through history, that extends around the world in every community around the world, that is working to bring the kingdom, this, this family of God that is transracial and uh, multi-ethnic and multinational, this family of God that is at work bringing the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And no matter how big a part you play in it or how small a part you play in it, you are a part of what God is doing in the world. What if we told our kids that? That your identity doesn't come from how high you rise or how many likes you get on Facebook or, or whatever the case may be, but your value, your esteem comes from inclusion in God's family. And what would happen if that was what we told our kids? I think, I think it would make much healthier, healthier people. Paul says, like, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Don't buy into, like, just the self-esteem game. Don't be drunk on your own self-importance. Like, so, uh, back when I was forced to listen to country music, um, against my will, um, I worked with my uncle for a while, and he played country all the time. This is one of the reasons, maybe, this is like group therapy, right? I just get to tell you, I, this, is why, this is why I hate country so much. Um, but I think in song lyrics, and so there was a song by Travis Tritt from like the late 90s called 10 Feet Tall and Bulletproof. Some of you are like, I know that song, right? And it was like, okay, so he starts drinking, and all of a sudden he starts to see himself, not as he really is, he starts to see himself 10 feet tall and bulletproof. So starts picking fights with people and to realize the person he's picking a fight with happens to be holding kryptonite. Um, sort of brings him back down to reality. And so Paul, like it's an interesting choice of words. He says, think of yourselves not, don't be drunk on your own self-importance, but think of yourselves with sober judgment. And the word sober just means sane. Like be sane about who you are. Be real about who you are. We tend to think old people are about 15 years older than us and we tend to think we are about 15 years younger than we actually are. Right? And so there are some things that then happen when we feel 15 years younger than we actually are that just like reality sort of slams the door in its face and say, I'm not 15 years younger. I'm my age. And do you know what? Do you know the best age to be? The age you are. Like to just embrace it. To say like, I, because right here in reality, you know what the truth is? The truth is you are loved. The truth is you are surrounded by people who care about it. The truth is that you're a part of God's family and you are important because you are included. So you want to take a sobriety test? Can we do a, a kingdom sobriety test right now? You all have the, everything you need to do this to realize, okay, how much sober judgment am I using myself? So pull out your phones. Um, open your camera roll. And take a look at the pictures you've taken over the last month. 
if you have taken more selfies than otheries, you may need a dose of sober judgment. You may have bought into this sort of self-esteem game. Look at the posts that you've made on social media. If they're pictures, like if they're selfies, pictures of yourself, and that's what you post more than pictures of all the other beautiful, amazing people in your world, or the, of creation, or whatever it is, then, then we may need a dose of sobriety of, to think of ourselves in sober judgment. So this is what Paul says. Our, our value comes from being included. And then he, he says this amazing thing, so countercultural. He says, so in Christ, though many... We form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Think about that. You could look around this room right now, and you could look at any person in this room, and you could say, I belong to you, and you belong to me, because we all belong to Christ. Like, when we come into the body of Christ, that means we belong to each other. And this is so countercultural, this is so revolutionary, because everything in our world says, no, 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 like, it's independence. You work to get your independence and to separate yourselves from people, and you don't, I don't belong to you, you can't tell me what to do. I am like on my own over here, and we work to sort of build our world of independence. And, and it's one of the reasons why I think rates of depression are so high, Um, is because we are separated from relationships and we were made in the image of a relational God and we need each other. And so Paul said the church, the church, the the, the, the visible expression of God's kingdom is one where we realize we are not independent, we are interdependent, where we need each other. Um, And and, and this is is crazy because we don't think this way, but this is the vision of the church. We belong to each other. I want to teach you uh, one of my favorite words in the New Testament. Homothumadon. Everybody always say homothumadon. So uh, kids are into like dinosaur books and stuff right now. So you like read all about like Micropachycephalosaurus and stuff like that. Um, it sounds like a dinosaur. It's actually not. Um, so it's made up of two words. Homo means the same and thumos means snorting fury or rage. Anybody want to give us a visual expression of what that sounds like? A snorting fury. I wish we had one English word for snorting fury. Like, what happened in the Greek language? That's like, ah, yes, thumos, snorting fury. That's what you're, how crazy is that? Um, so homothumadon, same, snorting fury. What happens when you put these two words together? You get this aggressive passion for oneness. So all throughout the New Testament, every time you read, they were, the disciples were together in one accord, this is not a Honda reference. This, this is homothumadon. You know the thing that we are aggressive about, that we're passionate about? Oneness. You know what like, really is going to get us amped up? Is unity. Is giving ourselves away to each other. Is valuing the image of God in each other. Is serving each other. Not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought, but by lifting others up, by speaking words of grace and life. I love this image of the New Testament church, of what we're called to be, to live this kind of aggressive passion for oneness. And so the truth is, we all have graces to offer. Verse 6, so, so you have gifts. And the word gift, is, it's grace. Like you have these graces that God has poured into your life. And you will be most fulfilled when you are using those gifts, those graces to serve others, to build them up, 
to help them sort of realize their importance in the body of Christ. We will be most fulfilled when we use these God-given gifts to serve others. And if you hold back, like if you say, no, 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 I'm just going to come over here and do my own thing, not only are you going to cut yourself off from the flow of grace into your life, but you're actually going to cut other people off from the flow of grace out of your life because other people need your gifts. Does that make sense? Take a look, to sort of like illustrate this a little more, uh, take a look at 1 Peter 4.10. Like this is, this is, um, this is so just mind-blowingly beautiful. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 10. Peter's, he's just echoing the same thing Paul did in Romans 12. It says, so each of you should use whatever gift, whatever grace you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So how does God's grace come to us? Through people stewarding their gifts and using them to serve others. So if anyone speaks, if that's their gift to speak, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. You, like sometimes this is called the principle of mixed up grace. Like that, that God pours grace into your life, but it has been earmarked for somebody else. Think about that. The, 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 the fuel that you are burning, that, that God has poured into your life, the grace that he has given you, it has actually been designated for somebody else. God has given somebody else's grace to you, and God has given your grace to somebody else. So in order for us in the body of Christ to get what we need, we need each other. This is the vision of the body of Christ, this crazy, radical, countercultural group of people, and we are all a part of it. And so I hope, I hope you feel this sense of that, that you are needed, that, um, that, God, that God is inviting you to be a steward of his grace in its various forms. Um, do you know how we grow? Like, growth happens, in, like spiritually speaking, when we are at work serving others and using our gifts to build others up. That's when we grow, when, we, when we're giving ourselves away. Growth, it, it doesn't happen primarily in just sort of getting off on our own somewhere. Solitude is great, silence is great, but, it, but it's actually when we're seeing others, when we're serving them, when we're walking alongside others, that's the place where growth happens in our lives. And so I, like on one hand, just want to say thank you. Thank you for those of you who are being stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And we're all different. That's why the body is so beautiful, because it's this unity. We need each other. We belong to each other, but we're all different. We all have different functions. And so thank you. Like this church would not exist. This church would not, journey would not be what it is without you being a faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms. Please hear that. Do you know how many volunteers are, are active on Sunday mornings alone. Not like, as a church, like Sunday mornings are really, they're a small part of what we do as a church. But just Sunday morning, somebody take a guess at how many volunteers are involved in every component of kids and uh, worship and greeters and ushers and everything. Anybody want to guess? I hear, I hear Jesse whispering the answer to somebody over here. How many? Close, between 70 and 75 people. Is that crazy? Like between 70 and 75 people just on Sunday mornings. This is, this is beautiful. This is what happens when God's people um, are stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And so, um, 
Some of you are already fully engaged. Some of you are already like sort of serving and, and you're, you're using your gifts in some amazing ways. And also I hear from people sometimes that say like, oh, like I'm kind of new to the church and I don't really know where I fit and it looks like everything is going well so you probably don't even need me at all. And like I want to say, man, that's just not true. I'm glad like it looks like that, but that's just not true. Like we need your gifts. And so one of the things we wanted to do uh, with this teaching this morning is to just make us aware. Not, again, not in a pushing way of saying, like, you need to do more. But if you are being drawn by God's Spirit to say, I've been sort of sitting on my graces. um, And and I need to use them. I need to sort of be involved because I'm cutting myself off. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that. So um, there is this sheet... um, you can pull that out if you would. They tell me this is red. Does that look red to you? What color is that? Is that pink? I, I think it looks pink too. It's, it may just be Valentine's Day and my house is like, has blown up with pink over the last couple of days, so maybe I just see pink. Um, but this is, this is a way for you to say, you know what, there are some things I would love to do. Don't feel compelled to fill this out. Don't feel like you need to. But if you want to, please... Um, please do this. Uh, Journey Youth, Kids, Ministry Support, Worship Connect, Grow Serve. There are a bunch of opportunities there, and please notice the ones in bold. There are, um, there are opportunities here in bold. The, these are ones that we need r- sort of really badly. And so if you would put your name on one of these, you'd say, like, actually, this is something I really would like to do. I feel like God would use me in that. We will contact you very soon here. Um, if you fill out one of the ones and you check one of the ones or a couple of them that aren't bolded, we'll put your name into the hub. And then like when we're sort of doing a search, hey, we need some volunteers in this area, then you would get a contact to say, are you interested? Is this a good time? Does that make sense? Uh, I want to say too, like one of our, our biggest needs is men working with Journey kids and Journey students. Um, that, that we just don't have very many men who are involved in making disciples of the next generation in that capacity, serving as small group leaders uh, who, who are also, you know, maybe active on Sunday nights when the students meet. And so, um, dudes, would you pray about this? Would you say, God, are you asking me um, to be involved, to, to just use whatever gifts I have to be able to love, love these kids? Um, we'd love to have you pray about that. And uh, so fill this out. You can put your name on the bottom. You can drop it. There's a blue basket at the back. I'm sure that's blue. I'm not sure this is red, but I'm sure that's blue. You can drop that at the back, or you can put it in the, um, you can drop it at the Connection Center afterward. And then one other thing, um, we have these ministry team leaders here at the campus that are phenomenal, amazing people who give leadership at the whole like journey at South Hutch level. So we meet once a month, pastors and ministry team leaders, worship, connect, grow, serve children uh, and youth. And, um, and these people, they passionate about the church, pray about the church, help give leadership to the campus. And we're, we're, we're needing two new ministry team leaders. Uh, and so you'll find this form on the one side. Um, I realize the print is like really small. And so if you can't read it, um, that's okay. This is a body exercise. So just find somebody next to you who can and let them read it to you. So we need each other, right? Make sense? Okay. Um, we'll just keep going. And then on the other side, you'll see two open slots for connect and serve. 
And so would you, over the next couple of weeks, be praying, God, is there somebody you might be nudging who has this gift of connection? I mean, they just sort of like ooze connection and make people feel welcome. And they may have some administrative abilities to help sort of lead a team like that. And same thing with serve. People are passionate about serving and love to see people get involved. And would you be willing to, to write a couple of names down and then there would be some discernment. We'd contact those folks and, uh, and get in touch with them. But we'd love to have your input on this. This will be in your hands again next week. So you can pray about it, take it home, pray about it, bring it back next week. If you, if you know, you can drop it in now, but we'll really do the collection next week. So let's pray together. God, thank you for fueling your church with grace. God, we, we acknowledge that we are just swimming in an ocean of grace. It's all a gift, God, that you have come to us. You have saved us. You have redeemed us. You have saved us from our sins. You have empowered us for ministry. God, that you have adopted us into your family. You have included us in this amazing body of Christ, the family of God. It's at work in the world. God, we just say thank you. God, we ask that you would just continue to pour your grace into us so we can pour our lives into each other and give ourselves away. God, I pray that you would do your work in your church, your body. I'm grateful, God, that as we gather here as a part of Journey Mennonite Church, we are such a small part of your body. That every other church that meets just down the street from us, across our community, across Reno County and around the world, God, that we are one body. And it's it's a beautiful expression of of unity within diversity. And so, God, um, help us to just know our part Help us to feel included in your work. God, we just say thank you for your gift of grace in Jesus' name. I invite you guys to stand as we respond. So we sing this song, Here's My Heart, Lord. I encourage you, um, join in and sing when you're ready. Um, But take some time this morning and just listen what it is that he may, the Holy Spirit may be speaking to us this morning.
Jesus, this morning we thank you, God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit speaking to our lives. God, we thank you so much for for the gifts, God, for the service. God, that is so, so amazing and so bountiful here in our church, God. God, we thank you for what you continue to do through that, Lord, and the ministry of the journey. God, and we thank you for these, these gifts that are going to be given, God. And may you use it to further your kingdom. In your name I pray. Amen. This morning as we end, we just want to sing a song of um, surrender and, and breaking free. Every power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. 